0: I just want to say that you have got to be the most insipid, ridiculously idiotic, moronic person I have ever heard on any form of media. Exiled by society, friends, lovers, and terrestrial radio, a guy with literally nothing left to lose. For 15 years, he's been telling it like it is. This is the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. something new every day. And what I'm beginning to learn based on some of the feedback that I had following the last show is that there are people out there that really really hate Christmas music a lot more than I ever could have fathomed. And it's it's hilarious. Some of you people are absolutely hilarious. Um, man. If you missed it on the last episode, we uh, talked about how here in the Phoenix area, one of the local stations, and I'm sure in a station near you as well, have already started their all Christmas music format 24 7 Christmas music and played a few Christmas tunes just to get everybody in the holiday spirit and, you know, maybe to poke at everybody. And people did not like it. And that's taking it mildly i think one person was really cool with it but everybody else is like absolutely not i had someone in my email the subject was just like oh god why so i know people are not happy about it even if it's done in a joking fashion no matter what um that uh that doesn't bode well that means that by the time even black friday rolls around You guys are already going to be sick of the Christmas music And somebody is likely to get shot If anybody in my audience goes out And, uh, yeah, they're going to come back to me They're going to say, ah, did you know that uh, this was going to happen Well, actually, you know, I did get a couple of emails And uh, I did see a couple of people I had some conversations with people And they seemed to say uh, They were going to jump off a bridge if they heard it Actually, somebody Somebody said to me these exact words If I hear any more Christmas music, I'm going to throttle my cat. Take that for whatever. Oh, my God. bah humbug to the rest of you, I guess. Uh, Anyway, welcome in. It's another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Grob Show, a sleep-deprived edition. It is Thursday, November the 19th, 2015. Yeah, I had... um, It's one of those things I get really tired in the evening Of course I I lay my sweet head down on the pillow And I fall into a slumber A deep slumber And then I wake up and I look over And wouldn't you know It's 58 minutes past When I fell asleep I have slept for about an hour And I'm, I'm feeling like Man that was actually a really good rest I just had a solid sleep And I look over And 58 minutes have passed (laughs) not even an hour i am convinced there must be something wrong with me there has to be something wrong with me that just says well that and the fact that i still have this cough that i can't kick so then I, i try to fall back to sleep and then i wake up just coughing over and over and the chill of the room because now it's gotten cool out which i love don't get me wrong not complaining about it but um the chill of the room rushes in when you sit up from under the covers and uh so that you're coughing, and then it disturbs your sleep. And at some point, you just kind of go, you know what? Screw it. I give up. I'm not attempting to go back to sleep. I'm just going to deal with it. So that's where we're at today. And that's what this show is all about today, I guess. So who knows? Could be another uh, weird one. It already is. Uh, again, I have concluded. You guys don't like the Christmas music. And I'm listen, I'm right there with you. But some of you hate it way more than me. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to hear another Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. So far, I've avoided that, but who knows how long that's going to last. I've already heard uh, Andy Williams, and I've already heard Bing Crosby, and I've already heard 52 different versions of uh, "Of Deck the Halls, or uh, of, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, I've heard that, and everything else. So you know how that goes. So we're already well into the spirit, although next week... Next week is, is the good holiday, my favorite, and that is Thanksgiving. Because it is stress-free, it is guilt-free. Well, guilt-free unless, you know, you're one of those people that's sitting there worried about your diet. And, oh, God, if I eat another one of these, oh, I can't eat turkey. Oh, it's all going to go to my waistline. But unless you're one of those people, uh, it's pretty much a guilt-free situation. Because you don't have to worry about getting presents for people. You just hang out. You just watch some football. You just eat some food now. For me, and for my family, we just go out to dinner, and that's great because we go out to dinner. We go somewhere else. Somebody else does all the cooking for us. We just order food. We just eat. We um, we have some drinks. Maybe get a little sauced. Uh, maybe we go to a bar afterwards. Maybe we get a little bit more sauced. And uh, and you know, it's not ninety-seven people in in the family. It's just it's just four of us. And we go out and just have a great time. And that's it. And it's stress-free and it's guilt-free. And um, I like it. That's that's how every holiday should be. There should be that holiday like once a month. But I know. I hear people talk about Thanksgiving all the time. Like they hate it. They're more stressed out about that than Christmas. Like, oh, all the family, all the relatives are coming over. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know why people have all the relatives over that they don't like then. Like, if you don't like your, your uncle, or if you think you have a creepy cousin or somebody that you just don't want to have over, then just for the love of God, don't invite them over. If you're afraid of the drama, just don't bother to host Thanksgiving at your house. Just go somewhere else or go out to eat or just have a situation where, yeah, you know, or just going to invite uh, the immediate family over or, you know, everyone's just going to band together. Just Just collude. Just don't invite creepy Uncle Al over or whatever. Just... Just, um, I have an uncle Al actually have a great uncle Al and he's not creepy. He's just old. He just has a lot of, uh, he's just had some cancer. It doesn't make him creepy. It (laughs) he's like 90 something years old, but, uh, no, we have, um, I, I actually enjoy that part. The, The hanging out with the family part is fine. The worrying about what presents to get people and will they like them and the spending the money that you don't have on the people and all of that. That's the part that gets a little bit stressful. Oh, well, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Other than that, it really is. I like most of this entire time of the year. The gaining the weight part isn't so good either, but what do you, I'm going to just have to walk more, I guess, and really get out and do more stuff. If I can just get rid of this cough, that's happening all right well anyway here we go it's uh yes so where are we at here michael groff show that's what i am that's that's this show that you're listening to right now contact information yes i have not given that out groff show at gmail.com that is our email address it's groff show at gmail.com michael groff is the handle on twitter MichaelGroff.com for everything else michael Graff related while you're at michael you can donate to this program We always encourage that. By the way, groffshow at gmail.com is the uh, PayPal address, so you can donate. But you can also subscribe. You can use the subscribe feature over on michaelgroff.com, so every time we post a brand new edition of this program, you will get the email notification, so you can sign up for that. That is all part of it. Plus, there's archives. You can comment on old shows right there on the website, so everybody will see your comment and just how much you hated it or loved it or whatever. It's all right there at the one and only michaelgroff.com. There's a very weird trend that's going on in society right now. And I have noticed this anytime there's any kind of big event or a terrorist attack, some kind of tragedy, whatever happens, there are people that inevitably start the passive-aggressive internet shaming. And they sort of do this hashtag activism, or as I like to call it, slacktivism, where you think you're doing something because you put a hashtag at the end of your posts or you do something like, I don't know, superimpose the French flag over your profile picture on Facebook, which is the latest thing, of course, that everybody's doing. And I think it's kind of weird. it's it's kind of a, a strange trend. and I, I know there's a lot of people I know that are doing it. It's on Twitter also it's not just Facebook. People are doing it all over the place on social media. I'm not one of those kind of people, but what's weird about it is there are people you you'll always see this like on your Facebook or on your Twitter or on whatever. You'll see the people that do it, and then there's always inevitably some people that don't. And then somebody says, Oh, ha ha, ha well, where's your flag? Well, I'll tell you where mine is. Uh, mine's not gonna be there because what the hell good does it do? That's the question I always have. Like, what what do you think you're doing by superimposing the French flag over your face? You're like, um, well, I care, man. I care about France. Oh, okay, well, I don't. Well, not as much as me, because I went to the trouble of clicking a button to superimpose the uh, the flag over my face, which incidentally you can do on Facebook now. All you have to do is literally you log in and you press a button and it goes on there. So and I, I just think it's kind of weird. And then, yeah, people make you feel guilty because you don't do it or somehow you're not participating or somehow you don't care It's a really weird thing, and I do not understand it at all. And this happens after every big event like this. And um, I don't know what people think they're actually doing. I don't know if people actually think that superimposing the French flag on your picture helps, if that actually helps the people of France, if that, well, it shows solidarity. Okay, I mean, that's great. You're showing solidarity. Uh, Is that actually... Uh, helping to repair the damage? Is that actually, you know, sending money over to France? Is that actually volunteering your time or helping to rebuild structures or things damaged? Is that actually going to bring anybody back from the dead? Well, no, but you know, I'm still uh, showing my solidarity. Okay, well, guess what? You don't have to do some hokey thing to show your solidarity. You could write something that's kind of sincere or you could just, um, I don't know, just uh, keep everybody in your thoughts or just have a a discussion about it. Or, I don't know, just uh, shut up and not make everybody else feel like they're an asshole because they're not putting up a flag over their face i don't understand it it's again it's the slacktivism uh, that goes on in the country it's just like um years ago there was that hashtag bring back our girls remember that when those women were being captured by that harem uh, whatever terrorist group i don't remember all the details behind it but they had this hashtag bring back our girls and they wanted to get a million uh uses of the hashtag like oh, if we get a million hashtags uh yeah, that's our goal. We're going for a million. And, and what's the point? What is that going to do? Well, when we hit a million, you'll see. And then a million happens. Woo, we got a million. And then absolutely nothing happened, of course. Because, well, that's what happens. It's it's always like, well, we hit a million, poof, it's gone. And then you never heard about it again. And that was the nature of that trend. And it's like all of these other trends. And I know there's, listen, there's people I know that are doing the whole thing. F- flag-imposing thing over their face. I get it. Okay, I got it. And I'm not saying, again, not saying you're a bad person because you do it. I'm just saying that what good does it really do and why should you do it? And then please, for the love of God, don't make someone else feel like an asshole because they're not doing it. I mean, I'm here talking about it on the show. I'm here giving information and updates about it or whatever and certainly doing my own bit to uh, bring awareness to the situation, but you know the other part of this is that a lot of people that get involved in this they just do it because other people do it and they don't even know what it means. They don't understand what it symbolizes. Some people actually think that um the French flag thing is uh is a patriotic thing for the US because it's it's blue, white and red. So they think, "Oh yeah, that's that's USA, man, that's America." But a lot of these especially, you know, the millennials and especially the um yeah, the kiddos and uh, like the 20-somethings the teens, they're like, um, I'm just going to do it because uh, I saw Megan was doing it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, I saw that, uh, I, I saw Jamie was doing it, so I'm doing it. So everyone's just going to have to start doing it. Oh, why aren't you doing it? Why well, don't even know what it means? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, it's patriotic. Hello, you're like showing like that you care about something. So that's the problem with all of this is that everyone starts doing these dumb friends in society and i don't i don't get it um so could we just stop all of that and if you care send some money over there there you go send some money fly over uh help some people help some families i don't know do something other than put a a, a friggin flag over your face all right well that's what we do in the united states that's how we help out people we're like eh. That's how we show solidarity what does it do uh nothing but you know we're we're there with you we get you all right we we got your back France don't worry meanwhile yesterday speaking of all of that they had a raid over in France and they stormed I think some apartment building where they believed that the mastermind behind these terror attacks in france was hanging out and they believe they got him well they're pretty sure because they fired over five thousand rounds into this building they fired so many rounds into the building that they actually collapsed one of the floors and so the theory here is that well first of all they killed the guy this Aboud, whatever his name is uh the the mastermind guy they killed him they killed some other people but um Which is kind of bad news, actually, because they likely would have loved to have had an opportunity to interrogate the guy and see if they could get any information out of him. Not that it's very likely that you would have because, well, you're not usually going to get information out of these people. Nevertheless, uh, the raid happened. France really taking this seriously and really stepping it up. And uh, we've made jokes historically about the French being a bunch of wusses, but they are really... They're taking this very seriously. Uh, They've been bombing places. They've been doing raids. uh, They have really kicked up their intelligence, their military into gear. And so France is obviously stepping it up. Now, the people are concerned in the country, nevertheless, because of the huge Islamic influx that they've had over there, the population of muslims that have flowed into the country not to mention the syrian refugees and all of this other stuff that's happened so the people are naturally a little bit scared they're having the same kind of feelings in france now that we did following september 11th and keep in mind this is the second time this year that france has been hit by a terrorist attack but obviously this is far more significant even than the one that happened earlier in the year and this is one that's really woken up the people and they've said, wow, this this could become a regular thing. And uh, naturally, they're afraid of that. And this is fear that has been spreading across Europe for a long time. This has been several years now where a burgeoning Muslim population uh, in many of the European nations has caused uh, quite a bit of civil uprising. In Germany earlier in this year, we've talked about it, they had protests they had nationalism sort of protests they want to well you know what happened the last time germany uh, had protests regarding a a nationalist agenda and this isn't just germany this isn't just france this is all over the place and so there is definitely a cultural divide that is beginning to emerge and people are afraid of um, because this is This is becoming a serious situation. This is the kind of thing Israel has been dealing with for a long time. This is something that here in the United States we've had to deal with. And again, you're battling an idea. You're not battling a country. You're not battling a uniform. So that makes it very, very difficult to combat. And so naturally there is concern. And we're still talking about the Syrian refugee situation. And we have 26 governors across the country that are Obviously concerned enough to where they don't want Syrian refugees in their country. Now, I have not really taken a a position or an opinion on this topic yet because I can see both sides of the situation. I see uh, why people would be concerned. Naturally, there is always the threat of terrorism and you never know who you're letting in. Just because everyone says I'm a Syrian refugee, I'm just trying to get away, that doesn't mean that they are all pure and that everybody has perfect intentions. On the other hand, this is a country that is war-torn. People are fleeing from ISIS. People are fleeing from civil war. People are fleeing from death and destruction, and you can't blame them. Who wouldn't? Of course, if you were in that same situation and you had the opportunity to escape and you were just trying to run to any safe sanctuary you could, you would do just that. And so I understand where everybody is at on this situation. So I can't just sit here and take a hard-line stance. I know. You tune into this show, you think that I'm going to have a strong opinion on everything. I I am very much here to say I don't know what the perfect solution is. I do think there needs to be a vetting process. I do think that we need to allow, at least uh, do something to allow Syrian refugees into the country. But I also see people posting these memes and ridiculous things about, well, we we turned away Jewish um Uh, refugees back in the late 30s who were running away from uh, Germany and a lot of those people wound up dying in concentration camps let's not make the same mistake twice well this is a little bit of a different situation Uh, this is in fact it's an entirely different situation different time different place different culture different expectations it's a completely different war quote unquote so to speak we are talking about fighting against ideas not against countries uh, I, I think to turn away people that were fleeing from Germany in World War II was insane. And the fact that we ever did that in this country, that's that's terrible. And other countries doing that, that's terrible that that would happen. But now you have to be much more cognizant of the potential repercussions that could occur. The whole thing is just a big powder keg, really, politically, too, because I know the common sentiment is that, oh, Republicans don't want the Syrian refugees and the Democrats do, and people have turned it into a left-right thing once again because that's what we do in this country. We make everything a left-right thing. But it's really not. And I don't think it's unreasonable that people want to make sure that we're careful about who we let into the country, uh, especially when we're talking about Syrian refugees. I get it. I think that we do need to be careful. But that doesn't mean we don't let people in. It just means that we have to do so carefully. We have to be cognizant. We have to be vigilant. So I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't have all the... uh Obviously, this is just something that we're still sort of piecing together and still figuring out. And I think we will as time goes on. So that is, I guess that's where we're at in the country right about now. And you know this is going to be a hot button issue in the presidential debates coming up on both sides. Already Ted Cruz has weighed in on this. I don't know if you saw that, but he's like, ah, oh, we I don't want any of these Syrian refugees in the country right now. No, absolutely not. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how many of them are Christian. We don't know how many of them are Muslim. We don't know any of them. Who cares what they are? And then Donald Trump. I don't know if you saw that. Donald Trump had some amazing comments about maybe we should just try to build a safe zone in Syria. Yes, we'll just build a safe zone. We'll put up a great big wall. This is pretty much what he he just wants to build a wall everywhere. That's his solution to everything. We'll just build a wall. So yeah, we'll build a wall, we'll have a great big safe zone, and everybody that's over there will be able to, they'll be safe in there because the U.S. military will be around there, all these, uh, the coalition of allies will be around there guarding, and then once everything dies down, people will just be able to go back to their homes, and it'll be great. And he's the guy leading in the polls right now, Donald Trump. Unbelievable. All right, a lot of other stuff to get into as well. You know what we do. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. I don't know. We'll be back, I think. Maybe. The Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. A billion people in this world And 51% of them are girls You roll your eyes like I'm full of it But i Google that And if the world is four times bigger than the moon Then tell me how on earth did I find you With just two grains of sand blowing on the beach Damn that's deep It's like faith, God or the Big Bang It's just one of the things that you can't explain I'm not exactly sure how to feel about this story. This is one of those where you make the call if this is BS or not. I have to say, I would not put this past the Clinton campaign. But on the other hand, you are having to trust a comedy club owner. I don't know, this is one... It's a weird story. So I don't know if you've heard, but the Laugh Factory, which is, of course, one of the most well-known comedy clubs in the business... They've posted a video. It's a short video, about three minutes, featuring five different comedians, and they all make fun of presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton. Um, In the video, they're making fun of things like, well, some of them use profanity, but mostly they're just making fun of her age, her wardrobe, her sexual orientation, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, uh, her. Her, of course, uh, with just her relationship with Bill Clinton in general. Uh, the ti- the video is titled, Hillary versus the First Amendment, apparently. Because the owner, Jamie Masada, he's the guy that owns the Laugh Factory, he says that, quote, they threatened me. And he also goes on to say that uh, he's received complaints before, but never someone that actually threatened to put him out of business If he didn't take down the video, but that's exactly what he says happened. He did not name the person within the Clinton administration or the Clinton uh, campaign, but he did say that it was a prominent official within the Hillary Clinton campaign that told him to take down this particular video. Obviously, the Laugh Factory has been the home of many notable comedians uh, who have been on the rise through the years. Uh, George Carlin started there or was there. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Drew Carey, Jay Leno, Ro- Roseanne Barr, Jim Carrey. So a lot of guys have gone through the Laugh Factory over the years, so it's very well known. And it's, it's one of those things. I'm, I would not put it past Hillary Clinton to do this, but of all of I mean, she's been made fun of on Saturday Night Live. She's been made fun of all over the place. Why go after the Laugh Factory? This kind of sounds like something where they want to get some publicity oh, the Clinton campaign told us to take this down, Uh, we better do it real fast. But, I mean, again, it's possible. I, I haven't seen the video, so I don't know if it's really that horrible, if they're saying anything that's that terrible or disparaging that the Clinton people would say take this down. Masada told Judicial Watch that as soon as the video got posted on the Laugh Factory's website, he received a phone call from a prominent person within the Clinton campaign Quote, he said the video was disgusting and asked me, or asked who put this up. He says that the person demanded to know the names and phone numbers of the comedians that appear on the video. Masada refused and hung up. He insists that the comedy stage is a sanctuary for freedom of speech, no matter who is offended. Well, don't tell that to Michael Richards because he got kicked out of the laugh factory. Uh, remember that Kramer from Seinfeld? You know, Michael Richards, he did a stand-up set there one night. Uh, I think that was back in 2007. And he <laughs> he started using the N-word at some hecklers. And it got pretty uncomfortable pretty quickly. And uh, he was told never to come back there again. And that pretty much put the icing on the cake of his career. So I don't know. Anyway, the whole story here with the Laugh Factory, my BS meter is kind of going off. Certainly wouldn't put it past the Clinton campaign, but hey, it's political season, so you know, just about anything is possible. And I would not I would say this is probably not the last time we're gonna hear a story like this. Meantime, Chicago has a huge gun violence problem. Yeah, that's not exactly the breaking news here, but everyone has their own solutions to how to solve it. April Lawson has come up with her own idea. Here you go. No justice, no sex. A Southside woman thinks sex is the solution to Chicago's violence problem. She's reportedly launching an online petition for a sex strike. Lawson hopes women will sign up for her cause on change.org and agree to abstinence until the men in their communities put down their guns. The idea of a sex strike is the premise behind Spike Lee's soon-to-be-released movie, Chirac. Uh, Lawson said that she was inspired to start the petition because she is tired of the violence in the city and thinks, quote, you have to hit people where it hurts. Well, the thing is, I don't know all the details on this, but I'm, I would say that most people that have guns are just... Your average law-abiding citizen—they're you know just there to protect their families and whatnot. I don't think that a gangster or these people that are shooting up everything in Chicago really care if uh, the average woman is denying them sex. I think they're too busy shooting stuff or stealing stuff or doing whatever thugs do with guns, so that they don't really care about the whole sex strike thing. That's uh, you know the suburban's out there that are withholding sex from their husbands you know, all you're going to do is just make more people angry that way that is not exactly the best solution and keeping it in the sex theme and speaking of not exactly a good solution this is a story I don't know if I've ever encountered anything quite like this this is bizarre A Manhattan acting student is suing his arts college for suspending him after he engaged in a consensual menage a trois with two other students, according to court papers. Plaintiff John Doe met Jane Doe during their freshman year of college at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. His Manhattan federal suit states, quote, Jane Doe told the plaintiff that she wanted to have a threesome, court papers say. So John, Jane and Richard Doe did the deed. And see, that's the no! yeah, that's the problem. Is that uh, they engaged in a guy, guy, girl threesome? Yeah, two dudes and a chick is not a good threesome. Anyway, the female student later complained to the college which opened an investigation and found both men had violated the school's sexual misconduct policy. They were kicked out of the school for two semesters and must complete sex violence training and write an essay, the suit says. But John and Richard have a recording of the woman telling both of them after the sex session, quote, it was just a lot to handle. Both of you guys at once. I mean, damn. (laughs) Maybe another time, but at different times. John appealed to the school, who decided that he didn't violate the sexual misconduct policy after all, but it still found him in violation of the basic rules of conduct. John claims the school violated Title IX because he wasn't provided due process, so he's suing for unspecified damages. Meanwhile, the school did not return calls asking for comment on the story. And this is just a really weird thing. So uh, I guess you get kicked out for having a menage a trois. Really? Interesting. Um, I don't know, man. I I have to say, first of all, the girl wanted the threesome. And then later she goes, "Yeah, it was a little bit too much for me. And this, of course, goes back to my golden rule of I just don't think a threesome is ever a good idea. Man, it sounds good on the surface. Well, first of all, two guys and a girl is not a good threesome. That's terrible should always be two women and a dude, but you shouldn't do it anyway because threesomes are just bad ideas. It just leads to way too many complications. Uh, I know I've had it offered to me one time. I was with a girl, offered it to me one time, said, hey, why don't we, uh, you know, would you like to bring another girl in? I mean, and I thought about it and, It's one of those things that, yeah, it sounds great on paper, but I was just like, you know what? I'm just into you, and I don't want to have any complications, because it is. It always leads to complications. Every time, um, it's just something that there can just... Too many doors are open for too many problems, so I would suggest uh, avoiding it altogether. I did. And again, you can fantasize about it. You can think about it. You can think it sounds great, Uh, I don't know. It just sounds like, um, way too much trouble, way more trouble than it's worth. See, this is just another example of that too. You're learning it. This is something you learned in college. Son, what have you learned in college? Uh, I learned not to have a menage a trois. Good job. And especially not with another guy and a girl. And of course, that's another thing that I think about in this story. What heterosexual guy wants to have another guy and a girl in a threesome? Like that just seems a little bit too weird yeah, I can understand it. If you're a bisexual or a gay guy, sure. You know, maybe that'd be something that you're into, but uh heterosexual dude, I don't know. I just can't think of a scenario where another guy is going to be there and I'm going to enjoy that. It seems kind of strange, especially the prospect of another guy's fluids getting on me or so. Yeah, that's just, ugh. no thanks, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, what if it's one of your friends? That's even worse. Can you imagine? <laughs> How do you even broach that subject though? Um, Yeah. So uh, I thought, uh, so like, you know, your girlfriend's like, all right, let's bring in another guy. And and then you're like, okay, well, who should we bring in? Uh, How about one of your friends? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Thanks. But no, thanks. And that is exactly why we go right back to the rule of let's just avoid threesomes altogether. You'll learn as you get older. If you're young right now and you're listening to this, if you're like, 19, 20, 24, 28 years old, and you're sitting here listening to this, and you go, ah, Mike doesn't know what he's talking about. Trust me on this, all right? This is just something to avoid. Now, moving on from that, I have to say that I think we have a really weird attitude in this country about race. We have become really uncomfortable with discussing race, and we're almost at the point where we have to have these huge lengthy discussions about it and people are all feeling weird about racial issues and it's not really that big a deal it's it's just a difference in culture and difference in skin pigmentation and i don't know why everyone has to feel so uncomfortable and why we're taking everything to this really crazy end when it comes to racial discussions and here's just another example of that so in the university of vermont they held a three-day retreat so students who, quote, self-identify as white could confront their own white privilege. This is another term I hear going around a lot as white privilege. And I don't really understand what it means. I don't get the whole concept of white privilege. I don't feel like I'm any more privileged because I'm white in this country. Believe me, I've been discriminated against for jobs and for various things, mainly probably because of my disability more than because I'm white, Uh, But I just think that it's such a silly term and everybody just needs to just needs to stop it. But here, this is the this is a retreat. The University of Vermont actually had this examining white privilege, a retreat for undergraduate students who self-identify as white, took place last weekend from November 13th through the 15th and was specifically for white students. How does whiteness impact you? According to the university, the self-identifying white students who attend the retreat will come to recognize and understand white privilege from an individual experience and have the opportunity to quote conceptualize and articulate whiteness from a personal and systematic lens, as well as the impact of white privilege on the University of Vermont community and beyond. The self identifying white, <laughs> the self identifying white students also tackled tough questions such as oh, here we go. What does it mean to be white? And how does whiteness impact you? Well, I, I think I can answer that for you right now. First of all, what, is, what does it mean to be white? It means that I don't have as much pigmentation as another person. Uh, what, how does being white impact you? It doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't get... What do you mean, how does it impact you? What a silly bunch of questions. And this is exactly how I'd answer this. Um, it doesn't impact me at all. I'm just a white dude. Just like that's a black guy. We just talk. We're just people and we talk to each other. It's not that big a deal. Uh, how, does, how does it uh, feel to be white? Don't you feel guilty? Uh, yeah, I would go up there and I'd say, um, my whiteness impacts me constantly. I feel incredibly guilty uh, for being born a certain way. I feel incredibly guilty about something that I cannot help. Uh, I feel terrible every day that passes by where I see a person of a different race. I feel terrible just for existence. What a silly... The university website features testimonials from past attendees of the retreat. This is not the first time they've done this? Who praised the way the event was, quote, a safe space. According to the school's website, the University of Vermont offered the retreat at no cost to its privileged white students covering all expenses including meals the retreat was hosted at the Common Ground Family Center in uh, Starksboro, Vermont the center advertises its use uh, of solar powered and green construction projects on its website and offers its services for everything from family reunions to civil unions the University of Vermont does host a retreat for women of color as well, but it focuses on building leadership rather than confronting one's own privileges. Aside from the women of color retreat, the university does not appear to offer any other similar race-specific retreats. Additionally, the university's Center for Cultural uh, cultural Plurism recommends various readings for its students, including um, The Invention of the White Race, White Privilege, Male Privilege in Race, Class, and Gender, The Feminist Classroom, and, of course, everyone's favorite reading, The Abolition of Whiteness. Wow. Well, all right, then. I can't imagine where people get the idea that college is filled with liberal propaganda nonsense, but there you go. (laughs) Jeez. This is the kind of thing that Bernie Sanders says needs to be free for everyone? This is the college that we need to have, (laughs) we need to make sure is not only affordable, but free? Really? I don't know, man. Uh, Tell me about your whiteness and why you feel guilty for it. Why don't you tell me all about it? Um. Well, uh, frankly, I'm sitting here in this beautiful lodge here in northern Vermont, and I do feel very guilty for the opportunities that I have been afforded throughout my life, and I cannot believe it. And frankly, I feel like I should just surrender all of my belongings and possessions to... Uh, Hispanic or black or Asian individuals uh, or Native Americans or anybody that's non-white because I know that I am afforded enough opportunities to be able to uh, gain all of those possessions back once again. And I think that we are just too privileged as white individuals. I mean, how inherently silly is all of that? That whole thing. That just seems stupid and nonsensical. And of course, the ironic part is, though it is trying to make people racially aware of things, and it is trying to, I guess it's trying to enlighten you on race and make you think, it's just kind of inherently racist. Can't we just accept who we are, be who we are, live as who we are, and embrace who we are? Whether we're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, Pacific Islander, uh test tube baby, whatever the hell we are, can't we just embrace it and accept it why do we have to always compare and contrast to one another it's just kind of silly don't you think we're all different and we're always going to be different people everybody is going to be different cultures are going to be different instead of feeling guilty for it or making each other feel guilty for it why can't we just embrace it and share it and enjoy our lives and our cultures with one another i don't know Clearly, I'm never going to understand it, so whatever. I'm out of the loop. I'm too old. I'm, uh... Imagine trying to go back to school now. Welcome to engineering, but before we begin with the textbook today, who here feels white guilt? I've heard of liberal arts before, but this is just getting a little bit ridiculous, don't you think? It's a little bit over the top right now in our schools. All right, when we continue, hopefully no more of that crap, all right? Maybe we'll do something a little bit more substantive, like the worst song of the week, for example. Maybe we'll do that next. Stick around. The Zip Code Famous. Michael Graff Show. MichaelGroff.com. show on a Thursday, November 19th, 2015. I was just looking a little while ago. This is the 11th anniversary of Malice at the Palace. That was the big brawl in the NBA between the Pacers and the Pistons. Man, that was crazy. That was where Ron Artest jumped into the crowd, well now known as Meta World Peace. Jumped into the crowd and famously attacked uh, fans and then fans attacked him and players were attacking fans and yeah, that was a uh, pretty dreadful moment in the history of the NBA. They didn't even finish the game, even though it was a blowout anyway, but another fine moment in Detroit history, right here, November 19th. Anyway, Grafshow at gmail.com that is our email address it's Graphshow at gmail.com that's also the paypal address for this program where you can make your donations to us Grafshow at gmail.com via paypal michael graff is where you find me on twitter and for everything else related to this program it's the one and only MichaelGraff.com. while you're there you can listen to previous episodes of this program you can make your comments known to the world we don't censor or filter your comments as long as you don't break the law or anything Uh, so you can post those over there at michaelgroff.com plus you can hit the subscribe button and every time a brand new edition of this program is posted you will get notifications sent to your email that along with donations and just a bunch of other stuff can be done at the one and only michaelgroff.com alright there you go what else? Let's see. A few things here to get to before we get on out the door. I do have a worst song of the week that I have to get to because this has just been uh, sitting here for a while. But before we do that, there's a study out. This is... I don't know what's going on with British guys, okay? I don't get that culture. It's a weird culture. They have very interesting tastes in food and beer to say the least. Um, I don't really have a problem with bangers and mash or fish and chips, but generally speaking, British food is boring, and that might be because British guys are weird. A new survey of 2,412 people found that 26% of British men think that they have man periods, also known as beards. <laughs> really? <laughs> Male participants were asked if at certain times of the month they suffer... From feelings of sadness, food cravings, tiredness, cramps, increased sensitivity, bloated feelings, and concerns about their weight. Yes, a quarter of them feel that way. Unbelievable. The poll carried out by VoucherCloud also found that men spent an additional 81 pounds per month on additional food and snacks to satisfy their cravings and to medicate themselves at this difficult time. Oh, I feel... I'm starting to feel a little bit bloated at this particular point. Oh, my... Why does this always happen to me? I'm scheduled for a job interview. Oh, dear. Why do I... Why can't I fit into my suit? Oh, oh, my knickers are all bunched up right about now. Oh, my heavens. I do believe it's my time of the month. Come on, man. Uh, uh, Really British dudes? Man periods? All right. Unless you have a uterus in there, unless you have uh, maybe some ovaries, unless you have some female reproductive organs or some type of chemical reaction which would prompt you to all of a sudden suffer from uh, some type of chemical imbalance, hormonal imbalance. Maybe you bleed from your penis uh, every 28 days. If that starts happening, then sure, I can probably sympathize. I don't think the girlfriends that you likely don't have Uh, would be too sympathetic to your cause. I say, I'm starting to feel a bit bloated right about now. Oh, is that ice cream? Oh, God, I've got to have some bed and cherries. Oh, what flavor is that? Rocky Road. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, my. Really? (laughs) Man periods? I have never honestly heard of that, but this is just another one of those weird things. You know, everybody wants to be... (laughs) Oh, my God. This is going to come uh, to the United States soon enough, I'm sure. California, watch out. You hear about a kid in school, like a 16-year-old boy. I, I, I need to go to the nurse's office. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to have my time of the month. You're a dude. Yeah, I know, man. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm feeling some cravings. And don't don't look at me like that. I'm, I'm feeling sensitive, and I'm tired, and, and I, I, I want some pickles and ice cream. And, and I'm like, stop. Stop down to the last notch in my belt man leave me alone all right Uh, nobody gets me i don't understand it so okay i mean everybody as it is we're already seeing cases where guys are identifying as women and women are identifying as guys and they just go into each other's restrooms and pretty soon there'll be the man period pad or something the the beer the period pad And uh, commercials for dudes. I mean, why not? You can market to this. If 26% of British guys believe that they are, um, will believe that they suffer from man periods, just imagine the marketing you could do on TV for that. Hello, Reginald Atwater here. Men, when you're experiencing that unfortunate time of the month, why not pick up some Dove Extra Dark chocolate? 24 man sized squares, fit enough for the king or Prince Charles' nose, whichever. When you're having that period size craving, Dove Extra Dark, 24 Squares of Goodness, just for you. And for that extra flavor, try with some French Vanilla Ice Cream. And while you're at it, we recommend you pop on Netflix and watch The Notebook to really get those tears out. Dove Extra Dark for those period moments. Don't let anyone ever tell you that British dudes aren't manly, though. Oh yeah, I don't know what could possibly be more manly than that. All right, on that note, it's uh, time to smoothly transition into the worst song of the week. Hundreds of artists release thousands of songs each and every week, and we sift through a lot of them. But only the creme de la creme of crap managed to make it onto our stage here that is the absolute worst song of the week. This is something that we feel is just particularly craptastic. And uh, this go-around... Oh, well, we haven't seen or heard from this chick in a while. It's Missy Elliott and our old friend Pharrell Williams. He's back too. Uh, they managed to team up for something truly spectacular. This is called WTF Where They From? A particular piece of musical genius. How to do you're from. Stick tongue. So you're two, yeah. a bunch of girls so it so it's got all the classic elements that you know i love in a song lots of repetition same annoying beat people yelling incoherent stuff and um, yeah, it's got all the all the classic stuff that makes for a worse song. I really I haven't understood a word that's been said. I, I'm honestly I'm actually paying very close attention. Something about drinking. I heard that, but I really I'm sitting here listening and I I swear I can't even catch a word. If you told me this was in Spanish, I would believe you. This another Something about an ace in the hole. Oh, Ooh, in you the hole. That. All right. You it to the yak. Yeah. The trunk, wow. Yeah, wow. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it to the so you're wow. How to do where you from? Hey. Hey. up tongue, girl, but you know you too young. A bunch of- If I had any idea what this song was about, what they were talking about, I- I'm sure it has to do with like, you know, sex and stuff. But I, I really don't get it. Oh, I heard, I heard the n word. That came out very clearly. I heard nigga. That that was very very clear. That's one of those things that always resonates through. They managed to get that out there clearly. Okay, if you could actually tell me what all the lyrics are without looking them up, I'd pay you a thousand bucks. But there's no way. Without looking it up, there's no way anybody would know what is being said in here. There you go. That is, uh, wow. Missy Elliott, Pharrell Williams, WTF, Where Are They From, which you'll be asking after this because you'll have no idea the country of origin of the words, the lyrics of this song. All right, anyway, there you have it. That is the worst song of the week. worst song of the week brought to you by the decaying musical industry the state of current music and the fact that it's uh, well it's it's obviously a dead art form as i try to cough uh, somewhere not into the microphone that's that's great yes it is still holding on it's still here doing my best to fight against it as you can see that's not going so well That's it for us today. We've explored just about every possible. Hey, listen, we've learned that. Well, I have continued to teach you on this program that menage à trois are not something that's a good idea. You've learned that Missy Elliott and Pharrell Williams should never team up for a song. And that British dudes are kind of weird. Those are all things that you've learned. If you've learned nothing else, if you've taken nothing else away from this show today, I would suggest learning that. All right. Well, anyway, groffshow at gmail.com. That is our email address. It is groffshow at gmail.com. You can always send me your emails, comments. It goes right to my phone, so I will always get your email. Also, that's our PayPal address, groffshow at gmail.com. Send your donations. We always encourage that. Michael Groff is the handle on Twitter. You can follow me over there. I once in a while post tweets that aren't just saying, hey, there's a new show posted. And speaking of new shows being posted, the one and only michaelgroff.com, where all of our shows happen to be and why you're here in the first place. Uh, while you're there, you can click subscribe, put your email in there, and every time a brand new show is posted, you will get the email notification. Plus, you can post your comments, suggestions, whatever, right there on each individual show when you listen. And listen to the old shows, the new shows, read the blog, do whatever you want to do. That's all up and available at the one, the only, MichaelGraph.com. Thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, I guess. We'll see you next time for another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Grob Show. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. <laughs>